team, trade them out. Drag it to your mace like you never had a doubt. It's FMDT coming around for you. Cause no one really knows the way you pick like you do. Injuries or worse, suddenly retired and hurt. Get your backs, forwards and mids. Never satisfied you, boys got the shits. It's FMDT coming around for you. Alright, welcome to the latest episode of Last Time I Cried. I am joined by tonight's <laughs> guest Steve, who will be recounting his struggles over the weekend as a crew supporter and coach of a failing fantasy team. Welcome Steve. Oh, hello. Uh, box of tissues at the ready there, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> All right, we're obviously talking FMDT this week. Um, welcome to your number one news outlet for all things B Money League. And Steve, it's been an exciting week of footy. Maybe you might disagree. I'm not sure how you're feeling, but... It's Wednesday, and I've kind of almost forgotten about it amidst all the round reshuffles and COVID bans that are going on. Um, so I'm just I'm looking at my notes now, and I see that I was actually pretty excited about some games that happened. <laughs> I'm trying to cast my mind back there. Now, Friday night, that was an exciting game. Did you manage to catch that one? Uh, remind me what, who was playing. GWS and Collingwood, in my mind, match of the round. Oh. Match of the round, match of the season. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, that was a great game. Yeah. And how'd you go catching much other football over the weekend? Um, I watched uh, probably bits and pieces of most of the games. Managed to tune in to the last few minutes of both... Um, actually, all the close ones. I saw the last few minutes live of, of um, Melbourne Geelong and uh, Hawthorne North. And also... Uh, that other game, <laughs> the game that must not be named. Yes, um, we'll, we'll spare yeah. you. We'll spare you. And I think I watched the whole St. Richmond game because that was, uh, I, I thought that would be quite a good game. And it was actually, it was quite free-flowing and high-scoring relatively for this year. Um, so, that's one of the yeah, few, and I went, what... to the, went to the Gabba as well. Yes, another lottery winner. Um, how do you keep managing to, keep managing to do that? Uh, well, crowd's up to, I think, 10,000 now, and there's not, there's not that many members, um, Adelaide members in Brisbane, so I think they have, like, an allocation of a few hundred, so, yeah, managed to get to it, yeah. Yeah, fair enough, even if it is only the Crows, um, I guess you got to get in your, your, your time while the matches are still happening out there. Um, I... I yeah I watched quite a bit of it as well. Saturday I had the displeasure of watching um, Essendon go down by a single point, and I made a real big mistake because I invited two Carlton supporters over to watch it with me, and honestly they were acting like they'd won the premiership. Like <laughs> I guess this is what happens when you're a cellar dweller for so long. Uh, it was just blowing their minds. They were saying it's Carlton's year this year. I was like, ugh, <laughs> get out of my house. Yeah, <laughs> who, who is that? Anyone we know? Was it um, Ryan or yes, and Kester, you know Kester that oh, massive, no, massive, that's massive, massive blue card. supporter. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when they won that game at the casino? It was against Fremantle um, in Perth, maybe. 
and he he, he could name no one on their team <laughs> on, on Cubs team, but he was, and we all sang the 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 dirge. Uh, how you know, I can't even remember how it goes, but it's actually no bad song, the the old Navy Blues, but. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to hear it again. But yes, <laughs> uh, he came a little bit more prepared this time. I think he knew a couple of names. So yeah, um, good for him. He can get on that bandwagon. All right. So I think we've got quite a few things to talk about. So obviously, yeah, pretty exciting round of football. We'll get straight into talking about the fantasy side of it. Um, the first thing I had, Steve, was that we had a few position changes happen. Um, so we talked about this last week. We expected a couple. Um, Conker got a back status added as predicted. Uh, I think the major one really was Milsey winning out by getting Bose as a backman, um, which I, I did think was uh, quite possible, but sort of didn't want to mention it too much in case I could get a trade out of him. But I didn't get any personally for myself. Steve, did you get any? Oh, look, I got... Sean Burgoyne, um, but it's not it's not too exciting considering he's on the on the fringe of being dropped anyway so from from my team, not from Hawthorne, I don't think. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, yeah, I'll keep him for his BF flexibility at least another week. But yeah, it's not exactly um, a game changer. So it bought him another week in your team at least. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least that's better than nothing. Um, I, did you notice also that Big Boy is now a backman? Uh, Ooh, that pretty that elusive pretty big rock, back rock status. <laughs> yeah, and and such fantasy value for <laughs> for um Alec. How many points did he score? I'm not I'm not too sure. I don't know if we, I guess I don't know recap. Six maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Um, yeah, pretty useless. I think uh, Alec might be hoping for an injury to certain someone to make him relevant. Uh. Next point is trade talk. So, Steve, we had a trade expert on last week. We talked up a few options, and I was expecting there to be a lot of action happening in the league over the last week. And what happened? Oh, uh, blockbuster is uh, <laughs> that's been thrown around. Massive trade that you you uh, managed to to. Um, transact with Cam last night. Well, no one was else was doing night? anything. Yes, no one else was doing anything, and so I thought I'd take matters into my own hands. Um, we were meant to be recording this on Tuesday night, and um, unfortunately, um, we weren't able to, and this is what happens when I have too much free time on my hands, clearly. I managed to spend the whole night chatting to Cam and got that one through. Uh, oh, that's the key, yeah. just talk to him, talk to him for a long time. <laughs> We'd actually been working on it. I think it's a really it. good trade for you. We've been working on it for a little while because the I think the major crux of it was that I was looking to offload Zaharakis. Like I really, as someone that has to watch him every uh, every week in Bombers games, I was getting I'm kind of hoping he's admitted from the team to be honest. I wasn't really enjoying him, um, so I was keen to get rid of him. And yeah, we we came to this trade. Do you want to run us through a little bit of it, Steve? Ah, uh, yeah, sure. So. My first thoughts were that basically every player you got was better than the equivalent, um, i.e. Um, Canelio is better than Adams, Laird's better than Boak. That's, I guess, a bit debatable because they're different positions. Um, Warple is clearly better than uh, Stephen, and <laughs> I think Perriman's better than Zyrakis, um, clearly on form. 
he is. Um, so I thought at first that you've upgraded four players, and then I noticed that there was a pick swap, and I thought, oh, okay, so Cam's got himself a, a one one round upgrade early, and then a, a two round upgrade sort of in the middle. I thought, oh, okay, that probably brings it to about even. And as I told you this earlier, you you came to a realization, didn't you? Um, about the pick swaps. I, I sure did. So thanks for pointing that out, because as the um, messenger chat that Cam Handley had on him proves, he actually swapped uh, a completely different bunch of round picks. So I gave up my, <laughs> uh, was it 13 for his 11th rather than the other way around. Now, the funny thing about this is that while we were chatting about trades, we basically had it sorted, and he said, I'll swap your pick five for my pick five, which if I did well in the league and he did poorly in the league, would actually be an upgrade for me. And so <laughs> I, I instantly just said, yep, sure. And then he's noticed his mistake, <laughs> went on to make another mistake. So, yeah, like he said, he's a bit dyslexic with uh, with trading picks. What can I say? Um, I actually, I, I legitimately thought that's what he wanted to do. So that wasn't me trying to, like, take advantage of him. That's, I just thought that was the, the pick trade. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say this. Um, Taylor Adams might be the beneficiary of uh, a certain certain uh, superhero. I think his name's Steel Sidebottom uh, being being out for the next four weeks. So I guess Cam will be maybe loving the next four weeks with Adams and and Boak's in good form, and maybe Stevens finding some form. So look, it's not all it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, Cornelio's in poor form, playing full forward. Led is a member of the Crows, so he's not doing well. So, look, I guess um, on the whole, it's probably not as uh, it's not as bad as I first thought, where I was like, wow, that's just a four-player upgrade for you. Uh, but I still think it is nicely in your favour. You've you've sold – oh, well, you've certainly bought low. I don't know if you've sold high on anyone in particular. Maybe, I guess, Adams and Boke are performing well, but um, – yeah, they'll probably continue to perform pretty well. Um, so yeah, that was a good good thing to wake up to, I guess. Like some, <laughs> some big news. hasn't been much big news recently. It's just been so boring. No, see, I thought I'd put a bit of excitement into the league. Um, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I I did think um, the Taylor Adams was a sell high. I was a bit scared about Trelaw coming back in, but you know what? In 2017, Taylor Adams had his best ever year, averaging 113. Trelaw played every game that year. So, you know, there's not necessarily um, a, a big dip just because he's getting yeah. another player in. Um, and I do think that there is also a lot of incentive for Cam, a team that's lost three games, to bring in some blokes that are in form um, to try and hopefully rectify that for himself. Um, you know, if, if Boke and Adams do dip, I don't expect it to be straight away. Um, we both obviously have similar thoughts where players are going to go recede to the mean or head to the mean more. But, you know, sometimes uh, form continues. Anyway, I'm super stoked to get it done. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to having four players. I think this is the biggest trade I've ever done in this league. Might be the biggest trade in the league. I don't know. Hmm. I don't remember any four for fours before, so well done. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so hopefully this uh, incites a whole barrage of trades from everyone else, because that's uh, what I'm trying to do. Lead by example, guys. Steve, we discussed um, doing some trades last week. Uh, did you yourself put out any offers? Um, I don't think I actually hit submit on any offers, but I did chat 
I did chat trades with a couple of people and I definitely thought about, oh, you know, trying to get this guy or that guy and then I keep realising, oh, well, if they're about to come back into the team, then the, the coach, you know, the other guy knows that too. So <laughs> probably isn't going to work. Uh, like Depends the Connor Blake leagues of the world. Yeah. Depends who you're talking uh, to, I, I suppose. It does, yeah. I, th- I feel like Kieran and, and, yeah, some of those guys do follow the the news. So, yeah, um, I don't think I have much luck trying to get those sorts of guys in. Well, um, well, fair yeah. enough. Well, I was going to challenge you to send out some trades this week um, just to get some things going. Um, I believe you might have even had one in mind. Is that right? Uh, I believe we talked last week about a... Uh, Certain player of Shane's, Jeremy, Jeremy Cameron. Ah, yeah, yeah. I reckon I could make an offer for Cameron. Um, probably one of the best young talents on uh, Essendon's team would be the player I'm uh, willing Sa- to offer. Sounds like something he'd go for. Um, well, I reckon I could, do you want to give him a call? Do you want to do it live? Do you want to see if he'll go for it? Yeah, just do it, yeah. All right, yeah. Let's give him a call. I was going to do a call sound, but I don't know how to do it. <laughs> you going to edit it in later? I was going to edit it in later, but just for hilarity right now. <laughs> bring, bring. Yeah, bring, bring. There we go. Yeah, yeah that's it. All right. <laughs> bring, bring. Oh, the Skype sounds so weird these days. Bring, bring. <laughs> Hello, Shane. Hello. 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 Hello, Shane. Welcome. Uh, we've uh, got you live on FMDT. Oh, hello. Hey. Um, totally. Hey, totally must be a shock to to have a call from uh, some great stars like us. Uh, but we are. Yeah. <laughs> we are. I mean, um, like, is it both of you? It's uh, yes. Uh, I've got Steve on the line, <laughs> and um, <laughs> we're discussing trades. Actually, you know, uh, I had a blockbuster one go through, but Steve's feeling a little bit left out, so he thought. Ah. We were discussing one of your players last week, and look, I'll, uh, I'll let Steve give you the pitch. Oh, all right. Go ahead. All right, the pitch is in. So I noticed <laughs> you have a underperforming full forward, and I have a very exciting young player from Essendon um, who uh, is going to play in the midfield a lot more. Um so, I'd like to offer you Darcy Parrish for Jeremy Cameron. Wow, Darcy Parrish. You're going to give up Darcy Parrish. <laughs> That's, is that the whole pitch? <laughs> that is it. Uh, I think you know more about Parrish than I do. <laughs> I hope you do anyway. Um, but obviously, I know that he's a really good player, um, plays for a great club, one of the best. Um, well, that's true. So, Steve, there might be a big name missing this week. Oh, yeah. Are you missing any Essendon midfielders this week? Um, oh, Zach Merritt. Yeah. So maybe if um, oh. maybe if Parrish plays in the midfield this week, you'll help. Uh, that'll help you beat me this week. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are playing against each other. What a surprise. Ah, but... What do you, th- what do you think, Shane? What are your initial thoughts? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean... Well, Jeremy Cameron did finally get some uh, get some good form this week. How do you feel about Jeremy Cameron? Have you have you been a bit down on him? Have you? I've been very down on him. Yeah. Until this week, he he was a good loophole for me. Mm-hmm. 
66, massive score, yep. Massive 66, it's uh, it's better than what Darcy Parrish has done. <laughs> Sounds like you're almost saying you would have done this trade a week ago, or a week too late. Is that what you're saying, Shane? Oh, definitely. Oh. I mean, you know, you know what I'm like with, the, you know what I'm like under pressure. <laughs> you, you're meant to crumble and. I can't make these kind of decisions. <laughs> we might let you stew on that one for for a little bit then, Shane. Um, it's very interesting though. I'm considering. It's actually not the worst offer, to be honest. No. Yeah. So maybe have. A I mean, I'm sure. I assume it's it. going to be terrible, but. <laughs> Something right. to think about for a few minutes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> While I crack on with the rest of the show. So, Shane, do, I do want to welcome you to the show properly. Well, thank you. Um, we'll have you on here for a little while longer, I think, because we've got a few things to chat to you about. All right. Uh, you are obviously a familiar face of FMDT, um, not so much in podcast format. but I mean, uh, hopefully people can still recognize my voice. <laughs> that's right. Um, so, yeah, no video footage this time. But Shane, you've been listening to our pod a little bit on your commute, is that right? How's that been? Yeah, well, I mean, I've just started a new job where I've got to drive, like, 40 minutes each way. Cool. So, uh, I might be one of the only people that has the time to actually listen to your whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you managed to get it done on the on the return journey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Finish it off. All right. Cool. So we've got an hour and 20 minute time limit to stick to then. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can Something manage like that. that. Um, what, do you, what do you think of the man that's taken over your job? So obviously Steve's been um, in this, <laughs> doing this since last year. Yeah, well, I mean, someone has to make it interesting. So it's good that, uh, good that Steve's in. I thought you might say that uh, someone has to put up with me. Well, <laughs> I mean, we all have to do that, so. <laughs> right, whether you like it or not. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, good on Steve for taking on that burden. All right, so. <laughs> I did you in check. <laughs> That's it. Shane, I did notice that our FMDT picture, I don't know, when you see me post it up like each week, it's actually still got you in it. Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, it's still me and you on the, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying that. That's all right. Yeah, I think, it, I think it might be coming to the time that I need to replace that, do a nice little Photoshop job over the top. <laughs> what do you think, Steve? Oh, look, I don't mind. We could, we could do it when I'm down next or, or just do a Photoshop, whatever. Oh, do a I'll photo shoot when you're down next. All right. <laughs> we can do a photo shoot in uh, September. I think I'm down for a couple of days. All right. I mean, surely, still... surely there's a photo of you two somewhere. Oh, but it's not the same, is it? It's this not as... be footy-related enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> should play marked up or something. Probably get a screenshot from an old FMDT episode. You mean the one where we had Steve as a laptop? and talk to him <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a classic yeah. in brisbane classic memories did, did we film one in brisbane between or two ferns that... we sure That's did right. yeah okay well yeah we'll dig around and see if we can find something but shane i reckon you what might... you're missing you're missing the ideas from me ah yes you were always the brains behind the operation is that what you're saying <laughs> so, sure <laughs> yeah, we do need more content so <laughs> Well, there's yeah, there could be an opening for you, Shane, if you really want it. 
Um, Shane, we were talking footy before. Did you manage to catch any games this week, or did you did you stay away? <laughs> uh, not really. I saw bits. I managed to um, not watch the Essendon game, so that was probably for the best. Save yourself some frustration. Well, yeah, I needed the, the moral support. <laughs> Um, like I was saying before, I had two Carlton boys here, so a bit, bit outnumbered. I got in on the radio at the end and was sort of you know, regretted doing that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I bet. Um, and obviously the big outcome from that one was Zach Merritt getting suspended. That must have been annoying. Oh, even better. Even better. <laughs> I, yeah, I saw that afterwards and sort of, yeah, it was a bit disappointed and even Jack Silvani himself tweeted out like that he doesn't think that Merritt should have been suspended no exactly it's a, it's a bit of... didn't challenge it it's just yeah I agree you should definitely be able to just punch people recklessly and have them go to hospital for a week like <laughs> that's part of the fabric of the game oh we shouldn't well, let our arms swing around at all Steve uh don't probably get rid yeah. of everyone that just uh runs with their arms yeah swinging about <laughs> don't want to lose the heritage of the game jeez <laughs> losing enough with these 16 minute quarters yeah that that's it that's it go back to tradition boys <laughs> uh all right so um shane I, I did have a couple of questions for you actually so you're, you're the coach of cornflakes and you've had that name for quite a while um, yes I, I know it's a proud tradition of yours <laughs> And I was wondering if one day you would consider maybe someone coming along to make you change your tune and changing that team name. Well, I don't know if you're leading somewhere, but (laughs) (laughs) I assume you are. But (laughs) I was actually thinking about this earlier this year. All right. Well, sure. But I already come to my own conclusion. All right. As you can probably tell because the name hasn't changed. Right, I see. Well, in that case, I'm here to change your mind, Shane. I've taken the liberty <laughs> of uh, coming up with a couple of options for you. So, Okay. <laughs> uh, let me run through these for you. So how does this sound to you? 24 Carat Goldstein. Ooh, I like it. Oh. Or even better, 24 Zeret Goldstein. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's uh, that's not too bad. All right, good. I do uh, seem to draft Goldstein every year, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all that glitters is not Goldstein. <laughs> a little bit of fun. Probably a bit long. Probably a bit long. This one's also a bit long. Pretty strict limits. Uh, planting the seedsman of doubt. Oh, just, he might not even be in my team after teams are named on uh, tomorrow night, so. Yeah, that, that, that's probably a stretch. <laughs> uh, all right. How about how about one of your new debutants, Sarong suckers? <laughs> oh yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he uh, does well against Adelaide uh, on Sunday, which he definitely is going to. Um, that could be an option. Yeah, yeah, it could be a keeper for years. Uh, I've got a few more. Sorry, it doesn't stop. The fun doesn't stop there. Oh, okay. I'll stop analysing them also in depth then. No, it's all right. Feel free to. Um, I can't promise they get any better, though. Next one is named after your best free agent. The butler did it. That's terrible. Yeah. All right. How about... Too many you, butlers. Are you having a gaff? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, you like that one? All right. Yeah. And final one. Ain't your face red, man? <laughs> God. I mean, I appreciate your efforts, but... Uh... Yeah, you can see I was sort of running out of material towards the end there. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, the strong the front runner was Order of Merit for me. Much better than what I'm going on. Oh come on, twenty four Zeret Goldstein. It's the, the I mean, yeah, that, that's that's probably that's probably better than anything I would have come up with. But you know what I've decided is that cornflakes is such a proud tradition. Mm-hmm. Never won a grand final. Hasn't got the name of the trophy. I need to get the cornflakes oh. engraved. Before Have you thought of that? I didn't win with the danger zone. Had to change my name. Well, maybe this is the last chance. What name did you get on the uh, trophy, Steve? Uh, would have been Ready Life Set Yo oh. last year. See, and that yeah. is yeah, probably probably the best name you've come up with. Actually, that was a good one. Hmm. How about the? Um, I reckon a good name for Shane would be. But he'd have to make a trade. The the parish council. <laughs> what about that? Oh yeah, that's, oh, got, yeah. that's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's the parish council. It's very proper. I think it's uh, it's it's a good it's a good name. Oh man, you're just sweetening the deal, aren't you? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> just keep trying to squeeze more out of him there, Shane. Let's see what else he can offer you. A great team name. What's next? Um, all right, let's let's crack on, boys, to talking about maybe some of our matchups from this last week, and to take us away with the review of Cornflakes versus Manic Barcelona. Go ahead, Steve. Oh yes. Uh, all righty. So, Cornflakes, coached by Shane. With 1,257 points, defeated Manny Barcelona, 1,150 points. So a nice 107-point margin there. Uh, Shane, well done. You got the second highest score of the round. So, oh, so close. Pretty impressive, yeah. Only five points off I wonder who runner. had the best That was. No, I don't know. Didn't look at that. Um, yeah, let's talk about that after I'm gone. Yeah. So some good points from Shane's uh, some. Shane's performance. I noticed you loopholed Cameron 66. Well done. That was uh, obviously the right decision. And you actually had a lot of good even contributions across the team, which speaks well for the uh, depth of the team and the, you know, not just relying on one or two players. So I noticed you had only two scores under 48, which is the old, the old 60 in the old times, as Bart would say. Um, so two under 60 in, in the olden days, that was always a good, good sign. And uh, top scoring your team was clearly one of your better draft picks, as uh, as predicted. <laughs> um, Josh P. P. What is that stand for? Josh Peter Kennedy. Um, Peter Kennedy. Defying his uh, 32 years. Happy birthday, Josh. Uh, to top score with 95. Um, what so, yeah, well done. That's a nice 119 mm. in the old times. So... I did, however, note that there's a slight vulnerability in your midfield, which you might be able to comment on. Um, yep. You may have to start two undrafted players in midfield this week. 
what's uh, what's going on there? Um, well, my pre-corona sort of tactic of, of getting in Dyson Heffel has totally failed. Mm. And uh, as yes. previously talked about, the uh, the seed of doubt has entered my team. <laughs> uh, mm. And he's gone. Um, I think that basically explains it. Seed of doubt isn't necessarily out. He's not. isn't necessarily out for for good, though, is he? No, he's if he can't get in this week into this rabble of a team, then into the. (laughs) And and to be clear, I'm talking about the crows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then he's probably going to leave the flakes too. Wow. Yeah. It depends. I've got a lot of disposable players at the moment, actually. Um. You've been pretty good with getting your guys to the waivers, actually, Shane, I've noticed. Like, sometimes, I think in the past, you might have um, clung onto guys for a little while longer. Um, yeah. Has that been something that you've sort of changed up? Is it the short season? Yeah, definitely. And I'm just, like, seeing other people rotating and me not rotating and just, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so you know, the FOMO. just got into your head, is that what you're saying? Right. <laughs> the FOMO. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, oh, all right. Speaking well, to a Cino supporter, is Riley Knight going to get a game, or should I just drop him now? Uh, he will get a game. He had a Achilles problem, so I think he's definitely in the best twenty-two when he's fit. Um, I don't know if he's, he's, oh, he's not this on the week though. No, he was last week though, so like he's yeah. literally just become fit. Yeah, um, but he's not. Yeah, he's not in the mix either on the in the mix article. Anyway, well, okay. no, that's just. That's just like one guy's opinions. Terrible. Which Shane, I could tell that you were reading because you instantly picked up um, who was it? Jack, uh, Jack, Sinclair, Jack Sinclair, who was not named in the team. Yes, I've seen that. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I thought he'll about Sinclair be, before. He'll potentially be leaving my team uh, before <laughs> the round starts tomorrow night. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, nah, keep him as your emergency. It's probably the best tactic. All right. Keep that in yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> right, so so I, better, I better touch on Sahil's team, I suppose. No, why bother? Oh, yeah. Um, so you, you did defeat the fifth best score of the week. Um, 1150 would have actually beaten two of the winners. So some pretty stiff competition from... Um, from Barcelona this week, uh, probably feeling a bit healthier out of out of lockdown. So um, he got a fantastic loophole 102 from English, which actually beat Lyset by 32 this week. Um, so that's a that was a really good timing for English to get a big score. Um, and uh, he's also got Levi Casbolt somehow averaging 73.8, which you kind of go, oh, well, whatever. But that's 92 in the old times. So that is a phenomenal form. His best career season average prior to this year was 65.3. So I reckon that's a good sell high candidate there. He would get a good... uh, He could get a good player for Kaspo if he's willing to let him go um, at this moment uh, because I don't see him maintaining that all year. Um so uh, that's something to consider, Sahil, an avid listener. Mm. Um, <laughs> so he'll get to this uh, at the end of the season, you know. <laughs> yeah, there were 
he he still has those backline troubles that I that I've flagged in the draft recap. So he this week had good contributions of 28 from Frost <laughs> and 30 30 from Boston. Sorry, Boston. So, sorry, so sorry to interrupt this, I Steve, think, but yeah. I I feel like yeah. Sam Frost is someone that I would never thought I'd see in a fantasy game. Like it's such a sad. What are you talking about? <laughs> Zach Dawson of the modern day. He's a <laughs> incredibly talented player. So oh, absolutely. I think that was really Fantasy bold. Beast. Yeah, a really bold selection um, from from Sahil. Obviously, the two sixties he got in round two and three were enough to tempt Sahil. Um, and to be fair, sixties are are pretty good nowadays. So um, yeah. yeah, can understand why he. Why he picked him up? Maybe I wouldn't have started him, but he does have those uh, backline woes. So really, what he needs is—I um, was going to say—he needs Trelaw to come back to release Conker to the backline, but of course, he needs Trelaw <laughs> to replace Sidebottom. So, um, lucky timing. Very unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, my recap of Sahil's and Shane's matchup. Any any other points you'd like to to raise, Shane? Um, I mean, the main, my favourite thing of my matchup was uh, picking up Jasper Pittard uh, for the free agents and getting 88 points out of him. Yeah, Boom. that was sen- that was sensational. So actually, Shane, that was that was my point on you is that I feel like you have had some pretty unfortunate injuries and things happen to your team, Buddy Heppel. Um, obviously seeds getting dropped, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. but you've saved your season with your free agent pickups. Like they've been, you've been on top of that game. You've had Jack Higgins, yep. Dan Butler, arguably one of the better one, but one of the best ones, sorry. And then Jasper Pittard. Yeah. That 88. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's such a, he's someone that has been hated by a lot of supporters. I remember every port supporter you would talk to would hate Pittard. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got the ability to bust out a nice score, even if he butchers the ball. Um, <laughs> just had a feeling this week. What's, and yeah, what's your secret? I, I took took Duggan and Rampy off the field and put Pittard on. Luckily, it worked out. <laughs> so that was just an absolute shot in the dark, or did you have... Um, no, I was sorry. looking through his stats from last week, and I'm obviously not happy with Rampy. He's not my team anymore. Mm. Don't trust Duggan, so... Mm. I stupidly have a six-pack riding on Rampy beating someone whose name escapes me right now, but I remember I made that on draft day, um, so that can't be going really? well. Really? With me? Nah. Yes. I think I'm oh. probably with Cam. That seems to be where the majority right. of them went. No worries. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, yeah, Butler and Higgins are like my two best forwards. No, that's so. a very good pickup. Mm. <laughs> oh, sorry. There's some lag there. What was your two best forwards? Butler and Higgins. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. No, excellent free agent pickups. Um, well, I don't know really noticed, but I picked up um, Mitch Hibbard, the the new mm. Bombers midfield superstar, to take all Zach Merritt's points today. <laughs> so uh, keep an eye out. That's especially a... you, Steve, seeing as you're playing against me. <laughs> yeah, you should start him definitely. He's a, a well-known player. Definitely a good Friday loophole. So ah, uh, nah, just start him. Back him in. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not sure to play yes. a second loophole with, so that's 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 the bonus. One other one other thing before I go, because uh, yes, it's like the third week in a row now. And you guys haven't mentioned it, <laughs> but I'm I have the most points for 
<laughs> I just want to mention it while I still can. <laughs> I know you have trouble like talking. Airing of grievances. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Shane has trouble talking his own team up. Um, so fair enough, Shane. You've um, managed to top the ladder for now. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, once the league shuts down from COVID after this weekend, <laughs> like I'll be at the top of the ladder for the whole year. <laughs> yeah, we might well, have, we, we have uh, to avoid, avoid the season, I think, if that happens. Yeah, that'd be a void, yeah. Now, <laughs> um, it is an interesting point. You actually are leading the overall points. Obviously, you'd expect regression to the mean to happen this week. So, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the new reality. Um, but, yeah... I guess it's good to bring it up while you can. So, and I, to be fair, I did actually have you making the grand final. I'm not sure what our, my esteemed colleague had you had you making this year, but probably, uh, yeah, making holiday plans at the end of the my, year. Than... Yeah, regression to the mean is what I'm hoping for, Steve. Definitely. <laughs> if I regress to the mean from now on, I'm still making the grand final. <laughs> Big call. <laughs> But I appreciate your support, Steve, um, especially yeah, exactly. this week. It's true. No, it's truly. Really, it's truly, really, Shane. I didn't give you much of a rap in our draft episode, um, <laughs> which I'm sure you listened to. So I'm, I'm sure you're very happy to be proving me wrong. Um, <laughs> I think my only consolation is that I named your worst pick Tom Lynch, and you dropped him, and now I have him. So <laughs> well done, <laughs> Steve. Yeah. Steve's also tipped me every week, so I'll be interested to hear what, what his tips are like uh, at the end of this episode. Oh, yeah. Get to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, well surprisingly, I have to keep tipping, tipping you as well. But, um, well thanks. thanks for having me on. i got to go and have dinner. No problem, Shane. Thank you very much for joining us. And... It's been fun. That's Cheers, it. Shane. And I'll mull over this trade... See what we can do. Mull over those team names as well. I'm mm. definitely have forgotten them already. We've, we've given you a lot to think about. Parish Council. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, mate. Just re-listen to the episode tomorrow when you drive into work. You'll have them oh, all good, right there. Good idea. Yeah, no worries. All right, see you, Shane. <laughs> see you later. Yeah. All right, Steve. We'll crack right on to the next matchup, which I believe I'm covering which was the UN Security Council against Dunkin' Donuts. And, mate, uh, Brett has to be asking who he's angered because he lost this one, but by all rights, he shouldn't. He should have had it. So, basically, Brett's Thursday and Friday was ticking along nicely until Jeremy Howe went down with that terrible knee injury. Uh, it was good for me because I was about to look really stupid for ever calling him Brett's worst pick. But he still must have... Ah, you saw this coming. (laughs) Absolutely. It's all factored in, mate. Um, That injury history, everything. Uh, He actually busted up 92 points while missing most of the last quarter, which is pretty insane. But then it just got worse for Brett. So remember how I said last week, um, I actually said he only had one ruck, and then I corrected myself. And I found Ryder on his team. Well, correction, Brett has no rucks. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob's dropped, Ryder laid out, and he gets a donut. Um, then Zach Jones gets injured, and then Tom Stewart goes down for a, for a while, it looks like. So he got emergency scores to cover them, but I think given their form, if any of those three injuries didn't happen, Brett would win this match. Even with all of that, Alec didn't look certain of pulling it off. 
until Jared Berry happened, um, which was a nice 116 uh, addition to his scoreline, which is 145 in the before times. So that is a monster game. Um, it got him over the line, and I think he was still sweating out Dumont having to make 59 points to get him the win, which he left until the very end of the match. But, um, yeah, there you go, Alec. Uh, you lucky bastard. <laughs> Count your lucky stars. <laughs> I am calling this the unluckiest loss of the season thus far. And you tipped Alec, so something's going on there. What do you think? Some sort of commissioner... Um, just, yeah, sorcery or... What's, yeah, a bit of uh, voodoo maybe on Brett's team, because I tipped Brett. It was the only one you... Uh, got right that i didn't so ah uh, yes I, I had a chat to chat to ken hinckley about taking patty Ryder out of the team that's what it was <laughs> he's not the coach of patty Ryder, but okay oh he's not is he <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh, gotta keep up with that don't i <laughs> uh you can't name st kilda's coach can you um no i can't oh <laughs> uh brett run anyway god damn it alright so <laughs> it's not he's not fantasy relevant it doesn't matter no Brett Ratton's not fantasy relevant no. uh, Ryder might not be either because he's not been named this week has he so no so mm. yeah bit of a um, so Brett's got a bit of a missing ruck line and I think we've discussed this before that he really needs to look into um, getting his trade on there because I'm not quite sure what he's going to do yeah I mean Source could come back so uh, that's a possibility, but other than that, I think he should look look for a trade. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the only other things I had about this matchup were that uh, it was a big comeback game for Alex. So you had Josh Battle, Toby Green, and Patrick Lipinski all come back um, and actually post pretty nice scores. So he'd be pretty happy with that. But unfortunately, um, three of those guys in, and he had Zach Williams gone for a month. So not entirely unscathed, and uh, yeah, he's going to be missing that one for a little while. Um, but happy to get. Did you say battle? Battle. Did he? Josh Battle. Did yeah. he start battle? Oh, he didn't. Sorry, but um, sorry. Yeah, I, I sort of. Nice I, to have him in the team, though. Nice to have him back I in guess. the team, and I think he might maybe get the start this week um, after a 66 last week, which was a nice performance. He was actually pushed up forward as well, which was. He scored, a, he scored a nice goal, which was um, a bit surprising to see. But, yeah, a bit of a role change. Who knows? Might work well for him. Mm, nice. Steve, you've got the next matchup, which is Rouse-Royce against Lockett-In. Thanks, Bart. Yeah, so a pretty close one, this one, with Rouse-Royce victorious with 11.42 to Lockett-In's 11.05. So a 37-point margin which really means it comes down to, you know, one player, one one selection call. Hmm. Um, so I'll get to some of those those decisions, but uh, I'll first start with, with the Vic, the winning team, Nick's, um, Nick's team. So he he has Papley leading the Coleman, and I pose to you, is he the best small forward in the competition right now? Yeah, he's been absolutely on fire and... Um... Yeah, very, very close to. He's definitely got the goals to to back it up. Yeah, and he's not playing for a great team. Like, he is just dominating Sydney's forward 50. So, Mm. um, yeah, really good stuff from from Pap Pap, uh, which pleases Nick. Um, 
he also, I noticed, made a couple of questionable start decisions. He he decided to, to put McLean on field uh, on Friday, playing on Friday night. He could have had him as a loophole option, uh, but he he risked it on field and he burned him with just 35 points, uh, which was even more painful uh, from a points perspective when mm. Sean McKernan got 77 um, against Carlton. But luckily it didn't cost Nick the win, um, and nor did leaving Cam Guthrie on the bench for 106, <laughs> which is probably one of the biggest bench scores we'll ever see this year. Definitely. Um, but, you know, I can understand it. Guthrie had been scoring 50s and 60s and then just out of nowhere gets a massive score, 106. A uh, bit of a weird game for Geelong. He's been capable so, of that sort of stuff before, though, hasn't he? He's had that, like, really yeah. high ceiling. I believe you were an owner of him last year, so I'm sure you experienced a couple of those. Yeah, it makes him a great loophole option as well. So it's, um, definitely keeps him in Nick's team for sure. Um, and Nick, obviously the biggest thing right now, um, Nick and Brett are vying for, for who's got the more desperate ruck situation. Um, <laughs> yeah. well, I think Brett does because Nick should get Stefan Martin back this week, um, I think. So he picked up Shane Mumford to cover him last week, and he got a solid 51, so not, not too bad. He wasn't quite quick enough to pick up um, Nankervis to get uh, over 100, I think 110 or something. So well done to Milsey for getting in really fast yeah. um, and then putting Nank on the bench. So, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's Nick's team. Um, is getting Stefan Martin even that good a thing, though? I mean, he's two mm, games that he started, well, 51 and yeah. 43. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a dire, dire ruck situation for him. And I think, yeah, there is a certain person, maybe a couple of people. I think Sayo has a couple of rucks as well that, uh, mm. these guys should be trading with. Yeah. If someone has a, a, a ruck too, that's averaging 60, 70, 80, then yeah, you've got to make an offer because it's really hurting you when you get a 30 or a 40 or a donut, um, in that ruck line. So yeah, um, Speaking of rucks, now moving on to Glenn's team. He uh, he lost Sam Naismith for the season after posting a very solid 76 in about three quarters of game time, um, which is a real shame for Naismith. Um, but I noticed post-game or over the waiver wire, mm. Glenn picked up Callum Sinclair, which I think uh, was a really, really savvy move. Um, probably an obvious one, but not everyone makes the obvious moves. So well done. Um, I think Glenn will be all right with Sinclair as first ruck, and he's got a solid Seglar as, as a backup uh, ruck forward option. So nice move in the end, but real shame for, for Naismith, who actually looks really good in his two two games this year. And just to, add, just to add to that, I saw that Glenn was actually active at about 1 a.m. on Waver Night and made a few other extra pickups. So he's obviously uh, committing to uh, getting some nice waivers in. So good on him. First year in the league. That's always good to see. Ah, good commitment. Um, so Glenn may have to make some other moves this week. Um, he had some absolute stinkers that cost him this one. Um, <laughs> so I'll start with Zebel. Uh, a player that you, you want to rely on, who he drafted in the eighth round. He, he To be fair, he was injured in this one. Um, he rolled his ankle early, and then he had his hamstring iced up in the last quarter. So he got 24 mm. from his 70% game time. But that's one where the time on ground doesn't really reflect the, the impact of the, the early knock. Mm. Um, so unlucky there. Um, but it wasn't as bad as Ben Brown. 
Uh, no. You've already alluded to Ben Brown's opponent, Big Boy. <laughs> yes. uh, and in fantasy terms, Ben Brown outscored him by 150%. <laughs> so what a game. <laughs> With his big score of 15 from 100% time on ground. I'm amazed uh, that Big Boy did that a good good of a job on him though like there's been a lot of detractors to big boy being being put in the back line um and man if he can shut down one of you know the better forwards of the competition like that then that's amazing absolutely Clarko is a genius um and yeah (laughs) big boy has has definitely found himself uh, a permanent spot in the back line um unless uh, unless Seglar gets injured so Ben Brown getting 15 and I'm pretty sure all of that came in the last quarter uh wasn't wasn't what Glenn was looking for, obviously. Um, he also had uh, Vandenberg get just 24 and a genuine star of the competition, Dugowie, get 32. So you, when you've got four guys getting under 32, um, it's really hard to, to win, obviously. Mm. Um, if, if any of them get 60-plus, then, um, you know, that kind of makes up that the difference there. Mm-hmm. So... Pretty unlucky to have those those dud scores, um, especially when maybe Vandenberg's a bit of a dodgy start, but those other three guys are, are pretty solid players. Um, and he actually would have won so if he'd put Shane Edwards on. Yeah, uh, that is true. But Edwards' score did kind of come from nowhere as well after getting 35 the week before and just 51 and 52 in the two prior games. So that's one of those hindsights 2020, I think, with that one. But... Yeah, in the end, it was probably a coin flip between Vandenberg and Edwards, and it just landed on the wrong side for uh, Glenn. Um, and his forward line averaged just 37 um, across the five players, and his emergency got only 19. So I think, moral of the story, it's a tough year for forwards. It's a really tough year for, for full forwards and forwards in general, um, especially the, the ones relying on goal kicking. And I, I've heard a bit of a theory um, that the shorter games – mean that the full forwards who are who are often big and tall hmm. um when when everyone's getting tired in the in the normal situation the normal last five minutes of the quarter that's actually when there's a bit of more free-flowing play sometimes and and the big full forwards can take some grabs because uh there's an old saying in footy about the um you know the the big guys stay big till the end of the game so or the end of the quarter so that that might be one reason i'm not sure but it's a, it's a tough time to be a forward in this competition, I think. And yet, you want to trade for Jeremy Cameron? Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know if I do, but <laughs> I made the offer. <laughs> I feel like you're talking yourself out of it every minute. Well, every Cameron's minute. a common medal winner. <laughs> yes. Um, common medal winner playing for a top 14. So, <laughs> yes. A bit um, anyway, I won't... I don't know. I don't know. Um, Fair enough. You, but, can, you can sit on that one. Yeah. Yeah. The one, the one, I guess, silver lining or... One other piece of good news for Glenn was that Lockie Whitfield really bounced back with uh, with 88, um, having a concussion the week before. It probably would have been in doubt this week, and he got his highest score of the season by 20 points back to his old ways because an 88 is, you know, like 110. So uh, very good from Lockie Whitfield, and Glenn needs a lot more of it from uh, Mr. Locke. And Glenn needs to find a way to push him into his forward line and hopefully not have Vandenberg and Whitfield sitting in there. But um, I think that's sort of been his yes. dilemma this season. So, Sure, a few centres, yeah. Yeah, good, good good luck to him maybe getting some uh, something going there. 
Um, I just had one final point, Steve, and that was that I noticed that Rockcliffe actually only played 61% time on ground. Do you have any information about that? I didn't watch a lot of that game, uh, but there were a few games last year where Rocky played. Was it last year? Um, maybe it was the year before where he played quite low time on ground. No, it wasn't last year. It was the year before that. But that was when he had no preseason. Mm. So to me, it suggests there's some kind of fitness issue. Um, but it could just be rotations and giving everyone a go um, because it is a pretty stacked midfield, really. It just seems so low in, you know, Corona ball. Mm. Um, yeah, it's so a shorter it's, game. Yeah. So it's really only, yeah, on field for about, I don't know, what, 10 minutes a quarter or something? Well, <laughs> 11 minutes or something. Yeah, it's not much. Yeah, you're saying it was like a burst player, which seems a bit odd. Um, but something for maybe Nick to look into there. Uh, so, all right, so I'll crack on to the next matchup, which is I Shot the Sheriff facing off against the Party of Five. And this was a highly anticipated matchup because it was filled with revenge storylines. The Sherrins had Zach Toy lining up against his old side, while Fife and Perryman oh. and a surprisingly hobbled Ratkins were all selected by Coach Cam. Uh, but unfortunately, Cam's lads did not show up to the party. I think Fife's injury killed the vibe, and it was bad times all round. You had Perryman getting 41, which was one-upped by Canelio getting 35, and then Butterick stumbled about for a 30, and Nathan Wilson probably couldn't really remember what he was even doing and uh, got 21 just for showing up on the field. So this left Cam with the worst score of this season, and that's an embarrassing weekend that I think he'll soon want to forget. But yes, big, big, big win there for Max, 167. He'll be very pleased that none of those guys fired up against him. Um, I did leave out one guy for Cam, and that was Jackson Haley. He's my shutdown for this matchup. Because after having a great game last week, after a, as a late inclusion, getting 80 or an old school ton, uh, he only managed 22 this week. So obviously uh, Cam fell for that trap and he was a far cry from the uh, ball magnet that we've heard he can be. Any thoughts on Cam's side there, Steve? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's obviously changed a lot. Um with what four starters that he's just traded to you. So, um, yeah, a rubbish week. Uh, unlucky with Fife getting injured, but there's, you know, there's so many problems with this team now. <laughs> <laughs> team morale is down after after the captain goes down. Yeah, it's all going to be downhill from here. Um, but yeah, there are there are quite a few issues, um, which he's hopefully rectified with a fantastic trade that he did over. Uh, the last couple of days. So we'll see how that works out for him. And he picked up Big Charlie. That's the other thing. Ah, yes. Very good. I have wire, so well done. All right. Well, I might have a bit of a chat about that a bit later. So we'll talk about Max winning this one. And I think the most impressive thing for me here was that Max managed a pretty respectable score while getting a donut. So you can't really blame him for trying to loophole Wills's 80, an old school ton. Um, but, uh, yeah, regardless of that, sorry, he had Tom Cutler get a, have a laid out, gave him a donut, mm. regardless, 1140, not a bad score at all to get with a, with a, uh, with a donut in there. So 
look, I'm I'm impressed by Max's team because he's got Dunkley and Hunter out. He's got Will Brody, who's now dumped. He lost Ratkins or Robertson from that trade, and somehow he's still staying competitive. And the question is really, how is he doing this? Is it just because he traded Jack Steele from me? Like, that can't be his only reason. Um, that is his highest <laughs> averaging player. Like, okay. Yes. Well, there you go. See, Steve? Trades with me aren't so bad. Trade with me. <laughs> on draft day when you're drunk. Okay. Noted. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't have to be on draft day. Um, can... As long as you're is drunk. That, is, is that six-pack still in the mail? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it. All right. So I had a I had a shout out for him. Um, I think one of the other boys that's getting him there is Hugh McLuggage. So we had a bit of a chat with him about whether he wanted to keep him or Gresham. And um, so far, uh, McLuggage is looking pretty good. So he got 105 points, which is 131 in the before times. And he had five behinds in this one. So put on your kicking boots and he'd score another 25 points if those are all goals. Um, he's actually now kicked... One goal, nine for the season. So mm. you'd actually probably expect him to, yeah, uh, get that up a bit and, you know, increase his, increase his totals. But one of the interesting things is that I think both of his big games have come when Zorko has been a bit hobbled. So um, it could be interesting there to watch how he does. Um, I'm not sure that they play the same role necessarily, um, but um, just something I've noticed. And, yeah, while you've got Zorko out, Steve, I think Max might profit. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, nice one. Good good uh, pick up there. Cheers. Uh, all right. My, I also had just one more honourable mention, which was Rupert Wills, the guy who he... Um, actually loopholed in uh i talked about him last week i sort of questioned him a bit and you know what 80 points from 61 percent time on ground not bad uh if he imagine if he only could increase uh his tank a little bit he could actually be quite a good scorer and i you know honestly i had had questions about whether he'd be best 22 but now with side bottom you know his naughty behavior um he's probably going to be safe for a little while still very handy indeed, yeah. Um, definitely kicking myself for not getting on the the wheels train early enough because <clears throat> I uh, was tracking him oh, yeah. as a bit of a – well, he's a good fantasy scorer, but, yeah, his time on ground's always been so low, even last year. So um, but eight tackles, he just he, – he's, he's always around the contest. So, yeah. Um, all right, that's all I've got for that one, Steve. Did you want to kick on to Gunston checks in against the Sloan Rangers, your own team? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I've been really looking forward to talking about this. <laughs> um, so, obviously, Millsy uh, won with 1,233 against my 11-13. Um, pretty convincing win. Um, mm-hmm. the projections suggested it would be closer than that, um, but they they do tend to overestimate scores, don't they, Bart? So, um, yeah, Mills had... Uh, do, Mills they, had... do they? Was, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't oh, remember, I don't remember any bad projections for Bailey or Sam, Stephen May. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Lockie Neal ran rampant um, after a quiet first quarter. Uh, he ended up with 123 from 98% time on ground and kicked six behinds, zero goals. So could have had a lot more. Um, they were all pretty sort of like, most of them were a bit rushed or 
sort of snapshots, but you'd expect one or two to float through. So that's after yeah. being apparently tagged pretty well for a half of footy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kinky did a decent job on the on him the first quarter or first half even. Um, so yes, I don't know what the uh, Crows are thinking, letting him off the leash at half time. Um, but having said that, we played our best quarter in the third quarter, so maybe it somehow worked. Um, at least from a, a, you know, Crows scoring goals point of view. Um, so Millsy actually had a late out from Cunnington again and took the 38 emergency score. So I can't even really blame, um, you know, can't even whinge about that. And uh, he used Bose as a centre, um, and that's sometimes necessary. So despite the position change, he hit Bose in the in the midfield. And I think that's going to be a bit of a theme, uh, or already is a theme where. Even though people are getting that position change, the centre depth just seems lower than ever. Um, so people are just having to stick their CFs and DCs in the in the midfield. Um, so, I mean, Doherty went huge as well. This is a team that's primed for a grand final uh, again, um, and obviously the the team I projected to win. The comp, so he's going along pretty nicely at the moment. Um, and the Ford line still has upside, like Dustin Martin's a bit out of form, Robbie Gray, Jack Gunston were both down. Um, so he, he could easily find another 50 or 60 points this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As for my team, um, I will I will say I had three injuries in my first four draft picks. Um, so Zorko obviously out early and got the the 45 emergency there sloan battled through with a bad rolled ankle um managed 49 um which isn't great from your your second round pick and then um who was the other one uh, um gresham got poked in the oh, got the yeah black eye in the last uh end of the third quarter so yeah he wasn't on track for a great day um, it's just 35, but certainly doesn't help when you have to sit out a whole quarter. So pretty miserable times um, on the uh, on the Sloan Rangers. Um, yeah, this seems like a, a running theme now. I you know I, I hate to say. Yeah, yeah, uh, I've slipped to to one three, and I still haven't got my first preference waiver wire pickup for some reason. So just like obviously people have been on the on it this. More than ever before, um, those those bottom teams picking up who I wanted. So, yeah. Sorry, were you saying something? No, you just cut out for a second. Um, that's right. Keep going. Oh, okay. So I was just saying, yeah, slip to one three, but haven't got my first preference waiver wire pickup. So people have been really on it, picking up who they want. Um, so good on them. Um, and for me, this week is do or die. Uh, I feel like if I lose this week, one four in a short season, I will sell out. So wow, yeah, I think I have to call it. Um, it's especially, I mean, it's tough when Zorko is going to be out for two or three weeks. Um, but uh, I feel like one four, it's just a bit, it's a bit too much to recover from. Um, on the bright side, one silver lining, I will say this: uh, Brian Myers, what a little champ he is. Um, he got eighty. Mm. Without even laying a tackle or kicking a goal, mm-hmm. so he's, yeah. I mean, definitely playing a wing role. He's not even a small forward anymore. Um, you know, running through that midfield, and yeah, 
you'd expect most weeks he'd either lay a tackle or score a goal. So um, I reckon he might actually manage to maintain this this 75-80 sort of scoreline. He's been super impressive. I've got to admit, when he drafted him, I thought uh, it's you know he plays that sort of small forward role, which he did obviously a lot of last year. But and I and I didn't see an in for him into that midfield because it is it has you know a, a lot of people. Um, it is pretty stacked, but yeah, he's been fantastic. So yeah, good, good on you. Um, quite likely a keeper for you, I'm expecting. Yeah, we'll see. So that was all I had on uh, my miserable week. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I didn't have, yeah, I, I don't have too much else. Uh, I think we already covered the big uh, score of Tony Nank, Toby Nankervis sitting on the bench there. Now that might be the biggest bench score we'll ever see, 118. Um, which, if we do the conversion, is 147 in the before times. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Um, I, I, Millsy has to be shopping him around, surely. Um, I expect to see a trade done for him very shortly. But um, yeah, so that that's a big talking point. And just a shout out to Millsy for having Sam Doherty, who you know he obviously carried for all of last year. And with the double ACL, uh, he's just not Mr. Beat, has he? Um, he is absolutely killing it. He is currently the sixth best scoring player in the competition, and he's just light years ahead of anyone. Uh, there's actually only four other blokes that have managed to average above 80 as a defender, and then Doherty's there in his own world on 97. Like, it's it's phenomenal. He's a freak, yeah. yeah. And he went at 90.6 uh, disposal efficiency across his 32 touches. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. And despite that was actually despite getting 10 contested possessions, so more than more than normal for a for a halfback. So, <sighs> yeah, crazy. He got 185 in Supercoach, so at least that was something. But I, I suppose everyone has him because he's been out for two years, so he was probably – I think he was cheap. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the only bad thing about that. Um, Steve, I had a question about your team about Alex Wiverton. Do you have any idea what's happening there? Why isn't he getting games? Uh, I think the reason he's not getting games is that he was dropped after a loss and then they've won three in a row. So it's just a bit of a, um, you know, don't like don't change a winning team sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do actually need Brisbane to, to drop this one to port this week. Um, a little bit hurts to say as a Crows fan, but uh, I think I'd like Port to win this one. So Witherden gets a look in. Um, I think that's all there is to it. Uh, I don't think he's permanently out of favour. I don't think he's carrying an injury. Um, I just think he got a little bit unlucky. Um, maybe if they'd played round two when they were supposed to, uh, he'd have got another chance. But with the COVID interruption, I guess they had a complete refreshed look at the team um but obviously they looked at they did lose they needed to make changes and um that's just where it's at i think but very frustrating as a like a seventh round pick it's crazy that they've they're playing guys like grant virtual i mean you know like i feel like i feel like yeah. women will be a better fit for them than and deb- debutants as well like mm. i mean this guy's only 21 so like it's not like he's an old man um that surely should be pumping games into him he's already played close to 50, uh, or actually just over 50. Um, so, like, you would think he was entering, you know, pretty much the, the start of his best years. Mm. So I don't really understand it either. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, exactly, and he's um, obviously a yeah, high, high pick for you, so yeah, we'll have to watch that one. Uh, I think that's all I had for you. Um, although, hang on, you've, you've, you've picked my interest now that you've mentioned selling out. Now, what, what does a seller exactly mean for you, Steve? What, who would be on the table? Would you completely give up the team just to get higher draft picks next year? Uh, oh, look, I'd, I'd want to keep my keepers, and I'd be willing to trade, um, you know, Sloan and Zorko and um, who else did I any? The guys I picked early, I guess, the ones who aren't aren't keeper worthy, um, I'd obviously be willing to trade all of them for for a draft pick upgrade. So yeah, ah. just don't touch don't touch my keepers or Myers who might be a keeper, but pretty much anyone else is on the table. All right, fire sale at Steve's. Um, you heard it here. Oh, only if I lose. Have you written me off? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the vultures are already circling, Steve. That's all it is. Fair enough. <laughs> Just getting in early. Just getting in early. Uh, all right. So we'll crack on to the final matchup that we're talking about, which is my own matchup. Seven-year Titch taking on Aurori Bontrealis. Uh, and this was a pretty comfortable win for me. Actually, the biggest margin of the round um, and the top score of the round for myself. So little pat on the back for myself for that, even though it actually only translates to a 1577 in the before times. So probably not a huge score normally, but, you know, I'll take it. Um, it's actually a pretty consistent score for me. I've pretty much, across the last four rounds, I've scored within 30 points of this mark. So I don't think I'm too unhappy with that, um, although I probably prefer a slightly bigger ceiling. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we, how we go. Um... Before I get onto the good, let's have a look at what happened to Kieran, because he had the second lowest score of the round. And it all started pretty badly when Matt Crouch was admitted from the team, so that sort of had Kieran scrambling. Um, funnily enough, I actually had a trade that I'd thrown Kieran just hours before that for Matt Crouch, um, which involved Taylor Adams. And as soon as I saw the news, I had to rush over to a computer to try and cancel that as soon as possible. Or rather, mm-hmm. on my phone, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm glad he didn't accept that. Uh, but yeah, obviously, uh, that didn't really go his way. And to be honest, it was just a bit of um, maybe what you would say, Steve. Guys going back to the mean. Um, Ollie Florent only coughed up a 43. Um, Jaeger Omira for 49, probably quite a bit lower than he would normally get. But in general, a midfield line that didn't really stack up. Um, and Ollie Wines, who we talked him into starting, perhaps, um, only coughed up a 50 for him, so definitely not what he'd be looking for. Uh, Luke Ryan is one that I also had to point out, because he's actually um, shifted into this uh, quite like a tall defensive role, and he's not scoring well for Kieran at all. And I tried to offer him a trade for him, actually, but he wasn't too uh, uh, forthcoming with him. But yeah, um, <laughs> uh, not a good score for him. So yeah, just overall... Not a great week. Um, but my real question for him is, Kieran, why are you starting Chase Jones still? He spout his way on the field for Kieran again. I, I just can't believe that he can't find a free agent forward that can average more than 34 points. 
Like, how does this guy keep getting games? And I think maybe Kieran's just a bit entranced by him as a Crows fan, because, I mean, he's an exciting talent, don't get me wrong, but he's just not a fantasy option. Um, so... Yeah, not now. <laughs> no, no, not now. He was silky smooth. I liked him when he got a bit of play through the guts, but he's not going to do it all game long. He's not going to score you big. So um, do yourself a favour, Kieran, now that you've, you know had your game against me, um, stop playing Chase Jones. He's already decided by the looks of it to uh, bench Jones, probably because he got a slight knee injury at training this week, but he also has picked up uh, Cunningham and has Fisher come back into the team. So you got your wish. Jones is on the bench. (laughs) Good. All right. Hope you take down some other scalps, Kieran, now that you've made that um, big, big move. Uh, But all right. So over to my team, um, I just had one... (laughs) Uh, shout out to give and that was to Michael Gibbons he's my shout out for the week 106 points dude 106 points where has this come from right yeah um, yeah that's 132 in the before times and obviously it was a little bit conflicting watching him rip it up against my own team but you know I'll take that um, as a little bit of um, silver lining and move over Dan Butler is the pickup of the year it's Michael Gibbons season so I've actually I've actually looked into it a little bit because I was wondering where this has come from. Um, and he had a low of 20 in round one. But you know what was different in round one, Steve? Eddie Betts didn't uh, play. Oh, okay. I thought it was that the world hadn't gone to shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that too. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe Gibbons is just, uh, you know, an expert at Corona Ball. But... <laughs> I've got an inkling that it might have to do with the fact that he played a small forward role, um, which Eddie Betts has taken over in the next three rounds, which has unleashed him a little bit. So while Betts is in the team, I think uh, Gibbons can uh, score well. So I'm super happy about him. Give me more of those tons, which is so rare to come by these days. Yeah, amazing. I did have a shutdown, though, uh, something that didn't go well for me, and that's towards the two Brayshaw brothers, because I'm freaking sick of it, Steve. What? Why <laughs> did I double down on this dud of a family? There's clearly something wrong with their genes. They're only able to play out about 65% of a game in short quarters. Like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what the hell is that? What is going on? Like, Andrew played 78%. That's still got a shit score. Uh, this week he did, because Fife went down. Um, oh, yeah. And if he doesn't do that this week, I don't know. There's, uh, I'm going to be writing a strongly worded letter to someone or something. But, <laughs> but honestly, like, get those boys in there. Um, make them play out these four quarters. I just can't see how they can't have the tank to, to keep going with it. Yeah, useless family. It is puzzling. Yeah, it is puzzling. And, I mean, it's weird that Brayshaw got just 70 after his uh, score the week before of 84 mm. from 80% game time. His best score That's a real season. outlier, actually. <laughs> yeah. What a strange score. Uh, anyway. Jack Viney seemed to drop a bit as well. What Steve, is going on? You know full well it didn't matter. Steve, our matchup. Mate, <laughs> it didn't matter. It didn't matter. All right. You've got to let it go, man. You've got to let it go. <laughs> There's five players getting, like, 150 points. It was extra compared to what they got the week after. Um, but you won by more than that, so, yeah. Exactly, okay. exactly. Let's not, <laughs> don't make me rub it into you too much. 
hopefully we don't need to do many of those again. The the old uh, fake score. No, I'm sure everything's going to work out just fine. Fake scores. Yeah, no, there's no trouble on the horizon. Victoria is actually really looking good now, so yeah, <laughs> that'll be nice. Uh, no, let's. Um, I've had a question for you actually, Steve, about Kieran's team. So I well. He's holding Wayne Malera, um, who's out for seven to eight weeks. That puts his return around the very end of our regular season. We're talking like round 12 or 13, and we play finals in 15. Uh, what do you reckon? Trade, drop, or hold Wayne Malera? Uh, honestly, I would drop him because it's just too much of the season. So it sucks um, because he will he will obviously be picked up again by someone. Maybe even Kieran could get in early enough, but like he could at least drop him for the next probably four weeks and, and then hold him for four weeks, you know, in like towards the end of the season, if he really must. Um, but like, I don't even think he's a guaranteed seventh round keeper next year um, or anything. So I, I would just be dropping him at this point. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, especially given that Kieran's on the bottom of the ladder, it's like at some point you just got to accept that, you know, you this is pretty much weighing you down. There's no point. You've got to get to finals first. So um, tr- maybe try and trade him or, uh, yeah, he's sort of just taking up space there. So... You can probably Jake, drop Jack Cleaver before um, <laughs> before that, though, averaging 35 uh, with a boosted 49 against Essendon. So <laughs> you can probably drop Lever. <laughs> yeah, okay, so he's got a couple of options. Alright, that's a wrap-up of our matchups, and let's have a look at some of the free agents that we had last week. Best or the studs first? Um, you've pretty much mentioned all of them, so I'll just run through them, and I've made my, I made a top five, uh, and that's pretty much just so I could sneak in my own pickup, because I'm ever so modest. And at number five comes in Ben comes ben Keys with 72, um, who I did not start. Uh, in fourth was Aiden Core, loophole in by Kieran for a 76. Uh, equal with him was Naismith, who was also loopholed in by Glenn uh, with a 76. And the top pick, Nankervis, was not started, which means that Shane, uh, who was so, so, so happy about getting this pickup, actually had the best started pickup of the week, the stud of the week, uh, Jasper Pittard with an 88. So kudos to him. But moving uh, to the worst pickups of the week, or the duds, well, there's an honourable mention for your boy, Jack Scrimshaw, with with 30 points. I'm sure you're expecting a bit more. Yeah, I was. I thought he was a, you know, he's a good ball user, and they'd try and get the ball in his hands. And I think he had, like, close to 30 at halftime, so I I don't know what happened in the second half, but yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, Yeah, that always sucks when they fade out completely. Um, Is he still on your team? No, I dumped him for Caulfield, so yeah. right. just I'm happy to dump a free agent if they, they just don't work out. Um, we'll see what happens at team selections tomorrow as well. So Yep, I'm sure everybody's going to be sitting there. Well, I'm sure quite a few of us are going to be sitting there at the ready at five five fifty or well, what time is it for you? Um, it's six twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a time you got to lock in every uh, every week, isn't it, to be right there. Yeah, Millsy certainly does, so good on him. I know, right? Yeah, the flash. Yeah. You just can't wait for that baby to come, can you? Just see Millsy <laughs> uh, start to slide down the ladder. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I think I might have. You know what? The season's going to be over by the time that happens, isn't it? Unless um, unless it keeps getting pushed back further and further. All right. Well, you were equaled by Cam starting um, Butterick, uh, who was hot off his Rising Star nomination, and um, I think Cam's really just got a bit of a thing for these Gold Coast guys because he had Sam Day last week. Um, and he kind of keeps getting burnt by them, so we'll see if he keeps going for that hype machine or not. Um, but the worst pick of the week, and we already covered it, was Sam Frost by Sahil, 28 points. Um, like I said, it's a guy that I'd never thought I'd see started in a fantasy game. Um, but there you go, that's uh, a Sahil pickup. Sometimes they turn into gold. This one turned into the pumpkin that he is. <laughs> yeah. All right, so moving swiftly along, uh, we had a, I did a brown lawyer count last week, and I've got a bit of an update on that one, Steve. Oh, so, common? <laughs> did you say oh, common? I, I I did. I actually wrote down brown lawyer. My bad. I do mean the Coleman. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, the Coleman. Uh, so first of all, I had a little bit of a special mention to, for Millsy for having Lockie Neal score six behinds which kept him to only four goals for um, for the round, which was one of the lower scores. That puts him in second last, uh, just above Kieran, who only got three, point, three goals this week and sort of reflects his ladder position. On the flip side, though, we had Rouse Royce have a really good weekend. Twelve goals, four from uh, the best uh, small forward in the competition, Paps. Uh, two from his namesake, Rao, and he's actually still starting uh, Jack Revolt, despite having a terrible average, so I feel like he's actually gunning for this Coleman. Uh, oh, yeah, he said it's all he cares about. Oh, good, good, that's what I want to hear. Yeah, so he's actually equal first, because Dunkin' Donuts took out the week with one extra goal, 13 goals, uh, Toby Green with three, another two apiece from Tom Phillips, Ron Marshall, Jake Stringer, and... Jack Looney, uh, that makes him equal leader, and I'll post up the rest of that board uh, on the uh, on the page, and so you can have a look at that. But yeah, it's uh, shaping up quite nicely now. You can definitely see the disparity between the teams that have a lot of goal kickers and those that don't, and so we'll see how that keeps going. Now, nice. Steve, I had just just one other point before we get into our previews was that um, just having a look through the league, and I noticed that we have a league medal. Um, you know, I'm sure you're aware of, but at the moment it's got a pretty boring name. It's called the most valuable player. Uh, it's if anybody's interested, it's led by Lockie Neal to nobody's surprise uh, by ten votes with uh, Gaff Gorn and uh, the suitcase McLuggage all on six votes, so quite a fair way behind him. Now, Steve, I was just thinking, do you reckon we can come up with a little bit more of a creative name than most valuable player? I sure do. Um, maybe put it to a vote on the league page, or have you got a you've got a one or two suggestions? Oh, you got? not really. I, I I couldn't come up with anything too great. Um, I was I was thinking um, we could name it after one of our first league stars, which was which would be the Tom Rockliffe Medal, because um, he went for a hundred and thirty-four average in our first year in 2014, and you know that's never been surpassed. I did know that, yes. It's actually pretty well known. But <laughs> I was going to blow your mind there. No, no, no. Of course, you know, you're a well-informed podcast uh, presenter, so why would I think otherwise? 
Um, yes, yeah, so that's a, that's an option. The Tom Rockliffe Medal, uh, the inaugural year that we started. Uh, I feel like yeah. I, f- I feel like maybe while Rockliffe's still playing, it's it's possibly not the time. But that's true. I, I like the way you I like the way you're thinking. Um, I feel like um, we we can put some ideas out on the page and maybe get some ideas from the listeners. Um, I'm thinking maybe like a fantasy pig award or that's a little bit sort of DT talk reference, but um, even the Dane Swan award, because I feel like, um, you know, he was an absolute fantasy beast. Um, perhaps some of his best years were before we started this league. I'm not sure, but it sort of honors the, uh, the Dane Swan approach to football, which is um, fucking get the ball lots. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, I reckon I'll put this up to the group then and we'll see what they've got to say. All right, Steve. Well, that brings us on to the very last part of our show, which are the previews. Uh, do you want to take us away with this one? Oh, yes. All righty. Um, so I'll start with our matchup of the round. I was meaning to, to find out from you what was the closest projected matchup. So maybe let me know what that is. But I have I've done a little preparation on one particular matchup, which I think is... Absolutely uh, must win for both teams, season on the line stuff. Um, so that is, of course, UN Security Council versus Lock It In. Um, both teams are at 1 3. Um, and yeah, they, they, they really need a, they both need a win. Brett lost three players to injury last week, as we've alluded to. Ryder hasn't come back either, so he needs Source to be recalled or to make a trade. Um, but Brett does still have a gun midfield, which is largely intact. Uh, so I would not completely write him off, despite those those nasty injuries. Um, he does have three free agents in the back line, um, start, starting this week, and he appears to be hoping that Josh Jenkins is named. Um, named to play, that is, not named on the injury list like he currently is. So don't know what's going on there. Um, but that's the status of Brett's team leading into this one. Uh, so I have Glenn's team as the favourite for this matchup. Um, uh, I, I feel like, uh, obviously, Zeebel's under a fitness cloud. He, he currently has Anthony Miles as a starting centre, who, who probably won't be yeah, named. Who ain't, who ain't uh, yeah, so, I mean, Vandenberg's ready to go after his 24 last week to, to swap in for Miles. So... It may sound like a, a low-scoring encounter, but sometimes they're the best games. Um, so um, this one will be this one will probably be close because it's hard to actually look past the midfield of Jack McRae, Josh Kelly, Luke Parker, Sam Walsh, Bart Murphy, Jack Redden. Uh, that's six pretty good players, um, even with um, even with Brett losing Zach Jones over, uh, yeah, from the center from the center line. So yeah, that is my matchup of the week. Anyway, um, Tipping Glenn. You'll be happy to know that it's one of the closer matchups um, of of the week. So it's actually projected to be decided by 10 points, but you're absolutely right that it's also one of the lo- lower scoring ones. And probably um, Alistair Clarkson, if you have a coach, is going to have a word with you about um, <laughs> having how good low scoring matchups are. But I like low scoring matchups just like you do, Steve. Um, I think that this could be very exciting and there's nothing wrong with it going right down to the wire. Um, so, so who did you tip? I tipped Glenn. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's, it's, I want to know what Brett's going to do about his ruck situation. 
because that's yeah. that's such a tipping point. Um, yeah, absolutely. Team selection is yeah. pivotal here. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to assume that Jacobs won't get the call up just yet. Um, yeah, unless Mumford was very sore after last Friday's game. Um, or yeah, it's hard to see Source come back in after just one week. Yeah, exactly right. So he might have a couple of options. I think um, oh, it, might, it might even be like a Reese Stanley coming back in, or we well, can get Tom Bellchambers who will be coming up against Grundy. You know, those will be some nice uh, rock matchups for him. Um, yeah, I do also think that because of his injuries, Brett's going to really struggle. That yeah, it's especially that defensive line, isn't it? So um, Glenn for me as well to get you know, his second win on the board for the season. Yeah, cool. Um, but, yeah, if if Brett does make a good trade for, with his ruck line or Jacobs gets named, not that he's been that great this year, I feel like that could that could flip it. Because on those projections you've got, uh, that 10-point margin, does that assume... Does that assume Brett's getting a donut in the ruck, or what, what does that assume? Uh, no, well, it's actually got um, Paddy Ryder getting 63 projected points. Ooh. So, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Okay. And who's projected to win by 10 points at the moment? Glenn, Glenn or... Glenn is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Brett really needs to find 60-plus from his from his ruck solution, whatever that is, to, to be in with a shot by the sounds of it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Well, season on the line. Mm-hmm. Season on the line. Yeah, would you, would you... Is that what you're calling it? So you think if you go 1-4, that's it. You're done. I think this season you are, um, because that's... I mean, when did final start? Round 15, wasn't it? So yeah. it's still be more than a third of the regular season. Um, so one and four is probably the equivalent to... Uh, well, it's probably like being one and five, I guess, in a, maybe even one and six in a regular season. Mm. Um, so I think it's, um, yeah, it's pretty perfect. dire. Mm. Yeah. Especially just having a look at the ladder, there's five teams gone three... Three and one, which I mean, yeah, you have a lot of ground to make up on those guys um, already. So yeah, there's definitely disparity in the league. So yeah, you, geez, you might be right. This is uh, do or die. But let's get into the rest of the tips. So Steve, did you did you manage to have a look at how we did last week? Absolutely, yeah. Um, we actually did pretty well last week. I, I tipped five uh, five games correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one I got wrong was was Brett's unlucky loss to Alec, and you tip four, yeah, you tip four games uh, correctly because you tipped me surprisingly and tipped Cam over Max surprisingly oh, as well. So well, I won't make that mistake <laughs> again. <laughs> Indeed. So overall, uh, the last two rounds uh, with that, I'm on nine and you're on six out of twelve. So. Um, yeah, looks like I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> and I have included our both changing our tip to uh, in round four, uh, round three, where it was Nick versus Alec. Uh, I think we both tipped Alec on the podcast and changed our tips to Nick on Facebook with um, the ridiculous number of uh, outs that Alec had. So I've included that as a point for both of us. Yeah, that seems fair. Don't make us look too foolish. All right, what 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 have we got this uh, round? Do you want to run us All through right. the All right, so matches? from the top, yeah, so we have uh, a very exciting top four matchup with 70 Titch against I Shot the Sharon. Mm. Uh, your tip? Yes, yeah, so 
very exciting, isn't it? Um, 1v4, I'm tipping myself to take down a, a still depleted Max. It's the last round before he gets uh, Lockie Hunter back, so this is this is the time to strike. Yeah, I agree. I'm tipping you with uh, Max's outs as well. Um, next one is Gunston checks in versus Aurori Bontrealis. Is an upset on the cards? Um, you know that the projections actually have Kieran as the favourite in this one, which is extremely surprising. Um, oh, I see what it is. They've given Cunnington a zero. Well, yeah, so I'm going with the projections <laughs> as, as they actually should be then. Uh, Millsy for me, I don't think Kieran has the firepower. Yeah, and you don't think Cunnington's a, a late out again? Surely not. <laughs> That's all right. He doesn't need him. He can still win, win perfectly yeah. well without him. Yeah. Uh, I will tip Millsy as well. So that could be two teams going to four and one um, by the sounds of it. All right, next one is Shane versus me. Where's that one looking? Uh, yeah, so uh, Shane's got Zeret missing, which is pretty massive and probably a good time for you to strike if only you didn't have the same sort of issues on your team. So given what I know you're going through, um, very, very sad times over there at Sloan Rangers. Um, I'm sorry, but I think uh, I think it's going to be sellout time for you next week. Shane, for me. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to oh, tip God. Shane as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even backing my own team, but of course I will try and win. I'm not. I'm not tanking yet. So um, yeah, you, you, just, you just want to win tipping as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at least win something. Yeah. Um, all right, Rouse Royce versus the Party of Fife. I uh, hadn't actually looked too much into this one, but given uh, the atrocious score that Party of Five put up last week, it's got to be a Rouse Royce. Go for the form. Surely the, the four gun players he's just <laughs> traded in will uh, help him a bit. No joke, though. Taylor Adams is going to have a pretty good week, I think, still. Um, so, yeah, it, it might, might help his team in the very short term. Yeah. Uh, well, the last game may be of interest. It's sixth versus seventh, so the cusp of finals um, at this early stage. So it's Dunkin' Donuts versus Man Eat Barcelona. Projections actually uh, only just... only separate this one by nine points, by the way. Yeah, and they were only nine points apart last week, so it's almost like projections wow. just previous week scores. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um... But the week before, Sartle... <laughs> Would have won very handsomely. Um, so overall, let's just say that Sahil has outscored Alec by 400 points this year. Does that sway you? No, not enough. Um, so and Sahil gets Trelaw back. Isn't that great news? And then he loses side bottom. So really, his team doesn't change that much at all. I don't think. Um, well, I do think Trello is a slightly better scorer, but yeah, I don't think it changes all too much. And uh, yeah, I, you know what though, I did tell I'm I'm always talking myself into tipping Sahil here because I did just say how lucky Alec was last week to beat Brett, and he didn't really have much excuse for having such a hard time of it. Um, so yeah. I think I, I think I'm gonna go for Sahil. Oh, okay. So I just convinced you to tip the same six as me because oh. I am <laughs> Sahil. <laughs> oh, no. I, I thought you were gonna go the other way. I was um, until I started yeah. talking about it, and then somehow it just yeah, it, it made sense. I, I yeah, why would I go for the yeah. guy that, that had one of the most fortunate wins in in history? 
um, rather than yeah. a guy who's actually scored quite good points this season. Yeah, um, yeah, Sahil's actually the fourth highest scorer overall, um, and and yeah, in total points um, has has outscored out by 400 points across four games. And he has a little up down up down pattern going with round one thirteen fifty eight, then down to ten fifty, thirteen seventy one in round three, then down to eleven fifty. So surely this is his up week and he gets over thirteen hundred again. Those kind of stats just can't be ignored, Steve. That's what we pay you for. Yeah, compelling stuff. Mm. All right, so um, let's just say the six. Uh, six tips that we all agree on, they all happen, and we can just call off the season. <laughs> uh, well, why don't you just start your sell out now? I mean, obviously, we both know what's going to happen, so we might as well just uh, get into some trade talks right after we finish this episode. Yeah? Ah, you got me. <laughs> I'll give it another week. All right. Well, I just wanted to close out um, with uh, the little uh, voicemail that... Uh, Cam left me. It's only four seconds long, but um, this was just after we concluded our trade. Here we go. Stag one in the back, baby! Yeah! Uh, I love people with catchphrases. Great. <laughs> yeah, I think we should come up with some for ourselves, right? Oh, yeah, we don't. I mean, I guess we don't have any. There must be things that we say without realising it. Yeah. But don't know if that counts. All right. Well, it was bigger than Ben-Hur this week, but thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm sure you made it to the end, so congratulations. And uh, thanks, as always, for having me on, Bart. Uh, A pleasure as always, Steve. Um, All right. Catch you next week. Good luck, everyone. Except Shane. (laughs) And Max. (laughs) Nice.